Hello and welcome to the Rewind podcast. We have had a huge week three, but first of all, let's rewind and take a look. I just want to rewind to when we were young and Back to all those good times. Take me back to the start. It's an absolute bop. I love it every single time. Uh, welcome in. My name is Lewis Wood. Uh, I'm your host for today of the Wildcard Wild Card Rewind podcast. Uh, we have a full cohort today uh, with both Hannah and Paul. We've had an absolutely incredible week three, some absolute bonkers things from the NFL scoring record nearly being broken to the Cardinals winning a football match. Uh, and Woo-hoo! Paul, I'm, I'm going to give you your own little segment later to try and talk through <laughs> how excited you were about that. Uh, Hannah, I don't know if you might want to talk about your team at all. Maybe we'll wait until tomorrow when you go to 0-3. Yeah, do you know what? I'm feeling quite cheery tonight, and that's because I haven't played yet. So uh, <laughs> it's probably quite a good night to uh, be chatting to you guys. One, because you can't take the piss out of me yet. And two, because I'm still in a good mood because they've not lost yet. Joe Burrow's not been out for the whole season yet. Yet. Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> that's coming. And he'll ruin my Scott Fishbowl team. So thank you. Bengals are great this season. I love them. Well, Paul, let's give you a little second. How did you enjoy yesterday? Oh, mate, the Cardinals won. The Wales rugby team looked like the future world champions. Um, Everything was just right with the world. I even put a lottery ticket on because I thought, do you know what? It comes in threes. Comes in two. If If I'm not here next week. You know what's happened? <laughs> if we've suddenly got like unbelievable production values and we're in a studio in central London, you'll know what you know the reason why. <laughs> yeah, it's the Euro Millions, 110 million this Friday. Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, obviously that'll be the big news of next week. Uh, but the big news for the for the week uh, that we've just passed uh, is how we're going to kick off. Uh, obviously, we've had a fair amount of injuries already. It feels like this season's a little bit cursed. Obviously, already looking at kind of Nick Chubb's season ender. Um, and there's been a couple more to talk about. Um, the first one I wanted to look at is actually not someone who's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, his, his coach, Dennis Allen, came out and said he was going to be day-to-day. They wouldn't yet rule him out uh, next week, but I, I think he probably will be uh, miss at least a few weeks. Uh, and that's Derek Carr, uh, who sprained his shoulder. Um, I wondered, Hannah, what you thought about the effect of... Uh, of this injury on the Saints receivers, uh, given the the backup of Jameis Winston, uh, who didn't they didn't score a single point after uh, Jameis Winston came onto the field, um, but then actually Jameis himself, whether you might think he would be of interest in Superflex leagues. Yeah, you know, I actually don't think he's that significant of a downgrade, to be honest, from him to Carp. Now I know he can be a bit up and down, but we know that he can also ball out, and he loves to throw down the field. Now, he has been a little bit more conservative since he's gone to the Saints, but we ha- he has shown in the past, particularly when he was at Tampa Bay, that he can support pass catchers from a fantasy point of view. So from 2016 to 2019, when he was the starting quarterback at Tampa Bay, Mike Evans finished as a wide receiver one for each of those fantasy seasons. So he's done it before. We know he can do it. You know, look, in real NFL terms, he's not the best. That's the reason he's a backup. But from a fantasy point of view, I'm actually not too worried about it being him. I'd be much more nervous if it was a Zach Wilson-esque player. 
And yeah, okay, so they didn't score any points after he came on. But in the fourth quarter, Michael Thomas had six receptions for 50 yards and Chris Alave had three receptions for 46 yards. So they are moving the ball. As I say, I get it. Yes, they didn't manage to score any points or a touchdown, but he is peppering them with targets. They're getting receptions and they're getting yards. So I'm I'm not too too scared of him from a pass catcher point of view. This isn't like a doomsday. You can't possibly put them in your lineup. I wouldn't be scared to start a larvae still, personally. Um, I think he can still do well and be fancy relevant. In terms of Winston himself, um, do you know what? I wouldn't be massively scared of popping him in in a super flex league look if I have two starting quarterbacks that are better of course I'm going to put them in but if I haven't got another choice I certainly would do it I wouldn't be scared to do it because we've seen he can throw those deep bombs he can get those yards okay the risk is that he gets some interceptions but I still think that he's he, he can put up points he can be a bit of a roller coaster so I think you've got to be prepared that he may drop a goose egg or he may drop a QB one week and we don't know which one it's going to be but I think if you've got him on your, in your lineup and you haven't got anyone else I would definitely put him in probably over um, you know a skill position player unless I was confident in that skill position player that they were going to give me 15 plus points I would say. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's no reason why you couldn't potentially throw him in. There's certainly upside. Uh, and the the one thing that I did think uh, I was expecting you to comment on, uh, obviously, Jameis Winston loves throwing the ball down the field. Uh, and the deep threat for the New Orleans Saints is, of course, the sponsor of our show, Rashid Shaheed, um, who actually could be a sneaky play with Jameis Winston, you know, loves throwing it deep. And he's the deep threat on the team. And he pays us a significant amount of money uh, every time we mention his name on the show. Do you know what, Lewis? Because you weren't here last week... I forgot to mention him last week, and he's he's a bit he, he upset with us. And that's why he didn't have many catches on the offense this week. Obviously, he made up for that by doing that punt return, didn't he? But um, yeah, he's not very happy with us at the moment because I forgot to mention his name last week. Um, yeah, he, so he had, you know, not as good a week as usual. But now we've mentioned him again. I can see him to the moon. Should be fine. Should be fine. Can, um, can I um, just jump in there quick? So I know you both played it as well. Do you think that Jameis Winston is a bit of a sneaky play in the Scott Fishbowl where there's no negative points? Yeah. I you know what I mean? so, 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 you know, you're not going to lose points for the bad side of him, but you're still going to gain them points. So, you know, for somebody that that's really struggling in Scott Fishbowl this year, <laughs> um, not that I did really well last year either, but... Um, He's definitely somebody I think I, I would potentially, if I was in a struggling spot, maybe going and picking up on, on the waiver wire because he's he's definitely going to be out there, you know? Joe, you know, yeah. I, had, I had Sam Howell this week and obviously he threw four interceptions uh, and I still got a reasonable number of points even though he did nothing. So I think 100% Jameis Winston. If I've got Derek Carr on my team and I've already gone to waivers to see if he's uh, hanging around on waivers, but someone's Ooh. already got him, which is really annoying. But I would definitely plug him in. I wouldn't be scared to do that in Scottish Bowl for sure. Yeah. Like having a safety net. It's worth a shout for sure. Um, another interesting player and kind of a, a quite significant injury this week, even though he had an absolutely fantastic game, including catching a touchdown from Keenan Allen. Uh, Mike Williams was carted off. Uh, it's been confirmed to be an ACL now, so he'll miss the rest of the season, uh, which is such a shame. I actually have quite a lot of exposure to Mike Williams. I was really into him this year. 
Um, this is obviously a really pass-heavy offense. Um, we're going to touch on that a little bit more later. Um, there's a little sneak preview. Um, but rookie Quentin Johnston, who was taken in the first round, he hasn't seen more than 27% of snaps in a game yet. Uh, obviously, with Mike Williams out, there's an opportunity there. But, Paul, I wanted to ask you, would you be more interested in Quentin Johnston or Josh Palmer, who actually seems to be the wide receiver too? So I, I agree that Palmer is the wide receiver too. But I do feel that now there is an open door and a clear pathway for Quinton Johnson to to earn that role. But I think so. I, I don't think they trust him completely yet. I don't think Joe Burrow, um, not Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert trusts him completely. Bengals yet. in your head, Paul. Yeah, they're, 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 they live in there rent free, you know, Hannah, because of you. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like they don't trust him, and maybe they're easing him in gently. Or maybe this is actually a little bit normal because what we've seen from rookie wide receivers over the last few years is is not what we normally expect to see for them. You know, like some of them this year, like like Tank Dell or Pukunakua. You know, these these guys have come out the blocks and and they've just gone from the word go where we haven't seen that in the past. So maybe they're doing what we normally expect to see. Um, so I do I do think he's the the door is open for him. I think it's a bit of an uh, uh, an emergency break here kind of moment this this could be his chance um but now if Parma is on waivers i definitely think you need to pick him up so if if um quinta johnson can't do it palmer is definitely going to be the guy because i was looking at his stats from when mike williams missed games um last year he missed from week 9 to 13 and uh Joshua Palmer had 371 yards and two touchdowns in between weeks 9 to 13. So it, it he does obviously play a significant role when Mike Williams is not there. He does he does step mm. up. Um it's it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel but I I like Josh Palmer as a play maybe the next week, but I do think Quinton Johnson is you know, he's a much better wide receiver than Joshua Palmer. Joshua Palmer's been in the, the NFL now three years, I think, and I don't think he's finished above a wide receiver 40, whereas I can see Quinton Johnson doing better than that. Um, so I I do think this could be Johnson's opening, but for the time being, I, I still think Palmer could be the guy for the next couple of weeks. What do you guys think? I, I'd always thought that Quentin Johnston profiled quite similarly to Mike Williams. Um which is obviously a really interesting thing when they then took him. And so my thinking is basically, I was not that into QJ coming out. I I, I think he's a body catcher more than a hands catcher. I don't particularly, I, I didn't think it would translate that well, um, the way he tended to make plays. My thinking is basically, he absolutely will get an opportunity. If he can't do it now, I'd be very concerned about the rest of this rookie season, at least. You know, if you can't do it when, you know, you, you should now be the deep play threat on the team. You should be coming into that wide receiver two role. Um, if he can't do it now, if he can't beat out Josh Palmer, I'd be a little concerned, definitely for rest of season. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, Josh Palmer's not finished above like a wide receiver 40 in his career. So like, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. If if Quinton Johnson can't do that now, and, and this is what I'm saying, his door is open now. He's yeah. now got to go and earn it. And for somebody, I think uh, Justin Herbert threw the ball 47 times um, this week. So, you know, the passes, the passes are there. The volume is there. 
everything is there. You've you've now got to go and earn that that role now. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that brings us on to our next segment, uh, which is about rewinding the tape. Uh, so we're going to discuss the things we've learned from the previous week that helped us become better fantasy managers. Um, I'll kick us off with something that I noticed over the last week, uh, and this is about rostering backup running backs, uh, especially in uncertain backfields. And obviously, we know when there's injuries that it's very important to bring the backups in. Um, but when the backfield is a little uncertain you should be having those running backs on your bench. So very few people will have started Devon A-Chain this week. Uh, and if you did, it probably wasn't a good sign about your team if you were forced to start him. But he was the RB1 on the week. Um, but the point being that you should have had him rostered and ready to go. Uh, Zach Moss was the RB5, Jerome Ford the RB7. You should have had him, obviously, before the injury, ready for this to maybe happen. Uh, and even then, looking at Jarek McKinnon was the running back 8, um, even down to Rico Dowdle was the running back 12. Like These are players that actually can get a lot of valuable touches, even if it's just a case of you know Rico Dowdle's touchdown was just because Tony Pollard had had all the work and he was exhausted. And then Rico Dowdle got into the end zone. There's real value in rostering these players um, and just keeping them on your bench in case of an injury, but also um, you know a, a touchdown can be enough to to be quite a valuable sort of flex level player uh, as a backup running back. Um, Hannah, what did you notice this week that you thought could help make you a better fancy player? So I suppose mine is actually very similar to yours, Lewis, but in a more kind of generic way, which is basically that you should generally have at least, I think, one or two spots on your bench for what we call these high upside players. So a great example is these kind of either backup running backs or these uncertain backfields where, like you say, you have like a Devon A. Chain or a Jerome Ford or a, a Tajay Spears or someone like that sat on your bench where, you know, ultimately they're, they're not probably going to be a great plug and play every week. But if something happens to the starter in front of them or they get more opportunities, then they're likely going to become fantasy relevant. And I think that's similar with some of these wide receivers, so particularly the rookies, um, although we've had some great rookie performances already this season, but Quentin Johnston, you might already have had him on your bench, you know, and now that Mike Williams has gone down, this is his opportunity. So, you know, you can, you've already got him, you're not having to spend any of your fab. Um, and that kind of links in with being proactive on the waiver wire. So instead of, oh, this is injury, now I want to go and pick up, Jerome Ford it's okay who might get an opportunity if x y or z player goes down you know and maybe I should have a spot for him on my bench uh you know so that I know that if that player does go down I've got him so it's very similar to yours really Lewis but as I say in, in generic terms I think you should definitely sometimes I think people get over kind of worried about oh you know, bye weeks are coming up. So I need a startable option on every single spot on my bench because I need, know I need to fill these things. But ultimately then you're missing out on these players that, okay, maybe don't do much at the beginning of the season, but for whatever reason, they get into these expanded roles and they do really well. And they end up being what we call the league winners because, you know, you pick them up off waivers and they're giving you amazing points in the playoffs. So I think you should always be aware of the season is a long one. And it's not just weeks one to five, you know, it's all the way up to week 
17 you know so think ahead don't just be thinking we you know every week as we go start looking forward who else might be the next upside guy can you fit them on your bench somewhere yeah and i think just to add a little bit which i think you're you're really really hitting on there like rookies especially a lot of the players we're talking about especially like a chain last week quentin johnston for the week ahead like rookies take a while to bed in you said as well paul like people might have got frustrated and dropped them already and there could be some quite valuable players out there that have incredible upsides and in fact the team's plan was to work them into the offense so the fact they've not hit so far doesn't mean that the, they're not going to in coming weeks um what about you paul uh, what did you learn from last week uh, so i learned two things one that i'm going to bring up now that's not on the show sheet and and that is uh, we're pronouncing his name wrong he's he's oh, yeah. uh, come out and said he wants his name pronounced as devon a chan oh yeah i did right. see not that a, not a chain so um sorry sorry devon we're, we're really sorry to get your name wrong but <laughs> um so so mine is is um so it's not quite so much this week it's what i found like sort of after the first few weeks and what i'm starting to learn and like you said it's all it, we are trying to learn and we are trying to to tie in with both of what you're saying be proactive be ready have these have these players in in uh, on your bench ready to go so mine is now trying to learn of what sort of offenses are the low scoring ones and ones that i'm trying to avoid now there's there's a team in here that i'll, I'll start with which is the falcons which i had a lot of exposure to this year i've taken a lot of kyle pitts because i thought right he's going into his third year this is going to be his breakout year i've got a lot of quite a lot of drake london i've i've got a lot of Bijan in dynasty and stuff like that and these are people that i took a lot of but actually it's not working at, at the at the Falcons. Everyone thought the Falcons were going to be a lot better than what they are. Desmond Ritter doesn't. They don't seem to trust him to throw the ball. They don't seem to trust any of these players. You've got one of the most athletic tight ends slash wide receivers in 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 the league, and you're not using him the way that he should be used. Um, so I'm starting to learn on offenses that I'm trying to avoid. So I, I mentioned the Falcons one. Um, Arizona is another. You know, as much as we did get our big win last 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 um, night against you know the number one defense in in the NFL, um, but <laughs> we did we did get our win. But actually, there's no high scoring big players there. Um, the Titans were the same; they don't seem to be able to move the ball that well. Um, the Jets, since Aaron Rodgers have gone down, Zach Wilson is not good. He's not a great football player. Um, you know put it this way we had zach wilson and gardner Minshew playing this week okay they're not playing against each other but they both played this week which which quarterback would you have preferred to be starting for your team this week we're all going to sit here and say gardner Minshew. okay 100%. he looked better than zach wilson and um so the jets i don't want much to do with the jets um the patriots they they're the patriots they never seem to really move the ball that well um and the last one is the bears again another team that look terrible they don't look like they can move the ball they, they look, they look like they're struggling a lot um but there are there are certain players that i will take from these these teams but looking at all of them the only player i take from each team is a running back and that's because you know that these the quarterbacks in these teams are not trusted to throw the ball so they're they're putting everything through the running backs you know so it's it's just it's just trying to be ahead and sort of looking at things and it may help you when you start sit situations and stuff like that who am i going to start am i going to start a bears wide receiver or am i going to start jordan addison or something like that you know i want 
high-powered offense and I want a low, you know, which one. So it's it's learning which teams you sort of are going to put your points up, you know. Start everyone from the Dolphins this week and put 200 points on your fantasy team, you know. <laughs> but if you start, you know, you don't want the Bears players in your team because they scored you nothing, you know. So it's it's learning about high-powered offense and and low-powered offenses and which which ones you, you, you favor and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's quite similar to what we've said before about tracking over-unders. Like, if you're targeting a low-powered offense, chances are they're only going to get one or two touchdowns in a game, which means you're unlikely to hit the player that's going to get that touchdown. So, like, the chances of your player going for an absolutely mammoth week are just so much more limited than someone like the Dolphins, where we basically saw every player on the team score a touchdown. Um, yeah. So that brings yeah, us on to our next right. segment. Sorry. Uh, that brings on to our next segment, uh, which are fantasy studs of the week. Uh, here we're looking at an under-the-radar player who could overperform and exceed expectations uh, in the week ahead. So uh, looking back at last week, uh, I'm going to start off with yours, Hannah, Joshua Kelly. Um, I probably would have gone for something similar. I think he was, he was really primed for a great situation. Um, he averaged... 1.09 yards per carry on 12 carries. Uh, that's that's 13 yards on 12 carries. Uh, and he caught one ball for, I think, one yard. So it, so it wasn't great. The thing <laughs> hold, is, hold on tight. It's very upsetting though, isn't it? Because like you say, like it, it felt like it, this should have been his week. You know, last week they were playing the Titans. So... You know, we know that they've got this solid run defence and you kind of put it down to that. But this week, I was like, surely, you know, it's the Vikings. They can't stop Toffee. He's going to do really well. And he didn't. So I'm really interested. Like, I just don't feel like I can trust him anymore. So I wouldn't be putting him in my lineups at all. But I'm really interested to see what happens when um, Austin Eckler comes back. Like, is he just better in this kind of complementary role to Eckler or is it just that he had a really great first week and he's going to fade into kind of nothing now and I'm not quite sure where where it's going to go to be honest <laughs> I think it might be the latter um yes <laughs> then uh then Paul you actually had a decent week last week uh Jake Ferguson who had five catches for 48 yards um so at the tight end position that was all right tight end 10 um but i do just want to give you a minute uh every time we come across this game to just let you talk about the cardinals and you actually winning a game oh do you know what i mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just, it, do you know what okay okay so this is such a cardinal thing to do we go on all season about how we're going to tank for caleb yeah and actually, I don't think we picked to like pick 12 now because we've won a game. And it's like, well, that's just fuck it. Hey, we're all on board. Kyler Murray's our guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a game. Um, yeah. Hannah, who is your stud of the week for this week? Okay. So week one and two have not been my finest. Where, where are we now? Week, we've just done week, week three. three. Okay. Week, week one, three. two, and three were not my finest. So I'm thinking week four is going to be my week. So I'm going to say Luke Musgrave, tight end of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be a secret stud this week. Now, we already know that he's playing a full-time role in this offense. Each of the last three games, he's run routes on over 80% of their dropbacks. You know, he's he's out there, he's running routes. 
Um, and so far he's had each week, actually, his targets have gone up. I think this week he had eight. Um, they're also playing the Lions in week four. So they've already allowed in the first two games only 175 yards to tight ends. So that is the third most in the NFL. And then this week to the Falcons, who obviously can't do anything, they allowed 78 receiving yards. So, and that might have been okay if it had been just been Cal Pitts, but no, of course they had to get everyone else involved too. So, uh, but that gives me hope that Luke Musgrave is going to get a decent number of targets, receptions, and even even if he just gets a touchdown, I think you know, obviously that will make him a tight end, tight end one. So um, I'm feeling positive about Luke Musgrave this week. Um, you know, I think if you're at a pinch in the tight end spot, I think you could put him in and, and hope for a, a decent upside week. Mm, I quite like it. Uh, we're actually seeing rookie tight ends perform all right. Sam Laporta was obviously the tight end one on the week last week. Um, and obviously away from the tight end position. But Paul, I can see you've got another rookie that you're wanting to talk about. Yeah, I think I keep banging on this. Uh, I was going to say, we've, we've had I'm, this I'm, one already, Paul. I'm, I'm, sure said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I like him, okay? I like him. Um, but first, can we mention that, Lewis, on the show sheet, you were you were wrote, I wasn't here, but let's pretend like my start of the week was <laughs> Devon Achan, you know? like Devon Achan. Like, <laughs> like, like you, I'm I'm shocked you missed that bit out because I thought you were going to be like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I totally started him everywhere. I I decided to be a little bit more professional than be like I text in and you guys didn't read it out, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, I did actually, I did, I I text in and I said start Devon Achan, start Raheem Mostert, start Sam Laporta, start Kirk Cousins, and these guys never read it out because because they're biased against me. <laughs> I I love the fact that he thought he was being professional, you know. I love it. <laughs> we don't do professional here. No, do we don't. Before. We don't do professional here. Um, Hannah lets me push the buttons all the time, you know. Bad <laughs> idea. Um, has been in my ear and said he wants a, a little bit more suit and tie to the podcast going forwards. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so my start of the week this week is Rahid Shahid. No, it's it's, it's, it's not. It's not. Um, you, know. you know what I mean? I could look like a genius then, couldn't I? I could look like I had texted and told you guys, you know. But um, <laughs> no, so my start of the week this week is Jordan Addison. Um, we've just seen the Seahawks put 37 points past the Panthers, and um, the Vikings play the Panthers next week. And I think that one's going to be quite a high, a high scoring game for the, the Vikings. I think they get their, their campaign off and get their first win. Um, I think they all have a good game. I think Justin Jefferson has a good game. I think TJ Hawkinson has a good game. I think Kirk Cousins has a good game. And I think that Jordan Addison is going to get in there. I, I think he'll get uh, a deep a deep ball like he did, um, a nice deep ball and probably a 30, 40-yard touchdown and maybe another sort of 50 yards on top. So I'm going to say 80 yards and a touchdown, something like that. So I'm not I'm not going to be too exact, but I'm going to say 83 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this the new format for for start of the week? Um, I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you. If he gets eighty three yards and a touchdown, then it definitely is the new format. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, I'll try and do the same thing. Uh, I sort of hinted at mine earlier um, by talking about the Chargers offense when we were talking about Quentin Johnston. Uh, mine's also at the tight end position, uh, Gerald Everett. Um, 
part of my thinking here is obviously we know how pass heavy um, the the Chargers offense is. They had the third highest yards and third highest attempts in the NFL, um, and also the fifth highest air yards. Um, unfortunately, Donald Parham, uh, who is that sort of um, sniping machine uh, that does seem to take a lot of the red zone work away from Gerald Everett. It helps that Donald Parham is like six for eight. Um, but Everett still saw six targets last week and caught every single one of them. Um, I think he should be available on waivers. Um, and I just wouldn't be surprised talking about kind of, is it Josh Palmer or is it Quentin Johnston? I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is that it's Gerald Everett. Um, he works quite well as a move tight end who you can actually use as a bit more of a flexible piece. Uh, and I think he's going to go for six catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Um <laughs> Before we move on. I love it. I love it. Um, Also, do you know Donald Parman has only scored um, four touchdowns since week one of 2022? Hang on. Since week nine of 2021, and two of them were yesterday. (laughs) Okay, so so when I say he's been stealing the red zone work, I mean specifically yesterday he stole the red zone work. I was going to say because it was wasn't it him and uh, who was the other one that went Jimmy Jimmy Graham went in for a touchdown and it was all just like hang on have I I gone back in time am I I, I in the past or you know Arizona winning a game as well it was like oh my god there's a glitch in the matrix we just need Gronk to come back and then it's fine Um, Hannah do you want to throw out a prediction for Luke Musgrove's week Uh, see if we can all absolutely nail it okay I'm going to say six receptions. For 78 yards and a touchdown. Oh, very nice. We'll have to write this down um, and make sure that we can can come back. And we're all about trying to actually sort of reflect on how we did. Um, but I don't think we can punish ourselves too much if we <laughs> if we get you any mean, of that wrong. You mean mock each other when we do it terribly wrong? You mean me no, and Paul no. mock you <laughs> when you when, do it when, terribly when, wrong? When, when, the, when the Bengals turn up at 0-3 next week, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, we've got injuries, right? It's not like we're playing rubbish because we're just rubbish. Like the Cardinals, sometimes... the Cardinals were predicted to be the worst team this year with the like the most likely team to go zero and seventeen. We've got a win on the board against the number one defense. We're we're just looking for a replacement for T Higgins, all right? And we fancy Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. <laughs> It'll be brilliant next week if the Rams can steal a win tonight and then we, the Rams and the Cardinals, both have a better record than the Bengals coming into week four. Who would ever imagine? I reckon if if we go 0-3, that's us. We're done. We're done for the season. I reckon they'll put Joe Burrow and I are, and that'll be that. Trey T Higgins. Didn't you get rid of your other starting QB? uh, Well, no. So, Jake Browning or whatever has always been our QB2. I don't know why we don't ever get a decent backup. I don't know. Anyway, we picked up Will Greer, you know, after he got, he did that amazing uh, final preseason game and he was on our practice squad. But the Patriots signed him off our practice squad literally like three hours before we were about to kind of uh, elevate him onto our roster. So. That's Bill Belichick in a bush, that is, with his binoculars out, you know. Oh, Joe Burrow's going to get in trouble, yeah. Let's sign him, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I mean, we, we, if we haven't got Burrow, it's, it's already a disaster and we've got Burrow. 
when we haven't got burrow it's going to be disaster for literally everyone like you won't be able to start chase i don't think anyone this season now if he goes mm. um well talking about players that you uh, might not want to start uh that brings us on to the fancy scare of the week uh where we talk about a hyped up player who could underperform um the two uh, that were picked last week i i think we can go over quite quickly uh we've still got paul's pick deandre swift is obviously still to play tonight um let's assume he upsets us i can see it happening with kenneth gamewell back um and obviously uh hannah's pick of nick chubb was correct um, but not really for the reasons that we thought might be the case. I feel a bit um, harsh about that because I picked it and then obviously that evening he, he got an injury. The great news is that his knee doesn't seem to be as bad as we thought it could be. So I have no idea. I literally have zero idea. Because the man is made of steel. Didn't they say he's like looking at being back in like six to eight months or something like that? Yeah. Know? It was like the time frame is really low and you were like, no, that shouldn't be physically possible. Your leg shouldn't bend that way. Nothing should go like that. And oh. um, Before you get into the skits, can I ask um, Hannah a question? Are you worried about uh, the Monday night curse at the moment? Because so far, the last three Monday night games, um, it was DeMar Hamlin, wasn't it? He suffered a cardiac arrest. And then Aaron Rodgers tore his ACL. And then Nick Chubb has had his knee injury and now you play Monday night. Are you, are you worried? Well, I mean, the thing is, Joe Burrow's already got an injury, hasn't he? So if mm. that gets worse, I wouldn't be wholly surprised. I'd be upset. I'd be upset if someone else got an injury, like a Jamal Chase or <laughs> That would be upsetting. Why did you say his name? I know, that would be very, very upsetting. But you, If you listen be... quietly, you could hear everyone turn off at that moment, you know? <laughs> Just <get> <laughs> It might be the Rams. Why are you assuming that it's the Bengals that are going to get an injury? Who have we got to get injured? <laughs> like, Pokemon uh, is amazing. What are you guys <laughs> doing? Why are you naming all the best <laughs> players? Jamar Chase, Pokemon stop writing these people off. Why not say something like, I don't know, a Kyron Williams, you know? A Kyron Williams, our RB1. <laughs> Paul, start, you started this, Paul, and Karen Williams is currently... I just, I, I just asked you if you were worried. I didn't want you to start naming people that you don't want to get injured. Now they're definitely going to get injured because you picked Nick Chubb last week. I know. I, know. <laughs> I can't remember how I picked this week, but... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Mm. Well, do you want to go straight into, into your pick of this week, Hannah? Sure. Well, do you know what? I feel like I've kind of... It's, this is a bit of a cop-out, if I'm honest. But it's Garrett Wilson. I mean, it, it's actually really, really upsetting because he was drafted in, I think it was about the third round, wasn't it? Um, probably about the, maybe the wide receiver 10 or so, wasn't it? I would have thought in drafts. And I mean, it's just been a complete disaster. As soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, that was the end of all our hopes and dreams for Garrett Wilson, really, this season, I think. Um, he's barely been startable at all. So, so far this season, he's finished as the, this is in PPR, the wide receiver 22, 27, and then this week, the wide receiver 42, and this week hasn't even finished yet. So, I just, I wouldn't feel, you're probably going to have to start him because you took him so high, but I wouldn't feel happy about that. And I just think, unfortunately, he's going to be a letdown for your teams for the rest of the season, unless they manage to scramble their way to find another QB. But I don't see where that QB is coming from that's going to be good enough 
to support Garrett Wilson from a fantasy perspective. So I think, unfortunately, he is certainly going to scare us this week. Yeah. Now, I won't use him again because obviously that's cheating. But uh, unlike Paul, who just picks the same player every week for his uh, stud of the week. Uh, but I mean, I just I had to mention it because, you know, this is three weeks in now and this, you know, each time it's it's been a bit of a disaster. And I just don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, unfortunately. Mm, well, that kind of brings us on to Paul's pick in terms of someone you took high, don't know how to use and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Paul. Kyle Pitts. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, my skin of the week is Kyle Pitts. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to stay away from uh, certain offences. Um, the Falcons, they, they're not doing a great job. I, I don't know what it is. You know, there was there was a lot of hope behind him this year. Um, Kyle Pitts so far has, um, he has 90, no, 100 yards on the season over three games he has nine receptions in total and no touchdowns he actually finished as a tight end 22 in week one the tight end 42 now bearing in mind three like just three catches in a tight end landscape would put you somewhere near the top 20 and he finished as tight end 42 in week three and he's at the moment he's tight end 14 on week three, but that's five receptions for 41 yards. It's hardly a groundbreaking score, you know. He's it's just it's just all a bit of a worry for me at the moment. Um I'm actually, you know, Gerald Everett. Okay, let's go back to your Gerald Everett was a guy that I was really high on in drafts. He was somebody that I loved to target in the later rounds of the draft because nobody wanted anything to do with him. And I loved him, and he was he was genuinely somebody that I have a lot of exposure to. Now I'm starting Gerald Everett that I pick up in around like round 17, 18, 19, and I'm happy to start him over Kyle Pitts, who I was taking like round five, maybe six, you know. So yeah. at this moment in time, Kyle Pitts, I, I'm actually struggling to start him, whereas he should be somebody that is a nailed on. You, 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 Travis Kelsey, your Mark Andrews, your George Kittle, your Hawkinson, one of them that you guaranteed they are starting week in, week out in your tight end spot. Kyle Pitts is somebody that I'm not starting in my tight end, not starting in my tight end spot if I can help it at the moment. No, the I thing agree. That I, I'm finding. Oh, really I've got it wrong, and I have got no, it wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> the, queen, no. the Queen's not happy. No, <laughs> I, I, was just, I was just opening up the conversation actually a little bit about the Falcons, to be honest. You know, we know that Arthur Smith is saying, oh, I don't care for fantasy. We will play our players as we want to play. But, and I, again, I've seen this percolating on X as well. When you draft a tight end, number four overall in the NFL draft, and you barely use him, I mean, it's not even like he's a massive blocker either. Like, I just don't understand the thinking. Like, we've spent all of this draft capital on him. Drake London, he's another guy that I am scared to start, but often don't have a choice. Like, at least in your tight end spot, you can find someone off waivers who's probably going to give you a tight end one week every now and again. Like, wide receiver landscape gets more difficult, you know, as the weeks go on. And because you're starting so many, sometimes you have no choice but to start Drake London. But I just don't, I just don't understand his thinking. Yes, okay, the quarterback, not ideal. But these are like, you know, very highly drafted skill position players that should be able to elevate your quarterback, you know, in some respects. 
but he's not even targeting them never mind you know totally missing them or anything like that like it i just yeah. don't quite understand what they're doing well imagine uh, putting herbert in that team I know. I know. like like give give them weapons to the don't get me wrong austin eckler is amazing but give Bijan, kyle pitts Drake london put them in a chargers uniform yeah look out well, while we're on culpits, uh, not to sort of linger on this like this this absolute despair for a second, we've discussed a few tight ends today, right? So we've talked about Jake Ferguson, we talked about Luke Musgrave, and we spoke about Gerald Everett. Would you start Kyle Pitts over any of them rest of the season? No. So I would probably be on the fence around the Jake Ferguson. Yeah, I think that's that's where I am. I think I'd like Luke Musgrave. I think he's done enough to prove that he's a week in week out play. But Jake Ferguson, I'm just I don't know the Cowboys. I'm sort of like week one the Cowboys. Everything they did was defense. Okay, defense won them that game. Defense scored all their points. Dak really didn't do too much. Week two, Dak did more, and they won that game. And then week three, they lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> every single segment we've had a little cardinals nod <laughs> but it's just but it's just i think i think personally i think gerald everett yes musgrave yes jake ferguson depending on matchup i think that i think that's where i lie at the moment the only thing i would say about jake ferguson is that he is actually um doing quite a lot you know he's had seven four and seven targets he's had a 28 percent target share a 10 percent target share and a 20 percent target share um he's running a lot of routes like i think ultimately he is going to give you some production um you know he's running routes on about 50 percent of snaps so i totally get that's probably not you know it's not sam laporta luke musgrave kind of routes but he's when he's on the field he is getting targeted um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against starting him, and I probably would put him in over Pitts. Like, what is Pitts going to give you? Where's the upside in Pitts at the moment? Like, I want to see Pitts doing it before I put him in personally. I'd rather otherwise put someone in that I think might get a, a touchdown. So yes, that might be. Sometimes I'm looking at matchups, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Cal Pitts as a smash play at any point. Now, isn't it just mad to have you know a couple of years ago before he'd even played a game people were saying Carl Pitts was the dynasty tight end one and the most valuable non-QB and now we're saying maybe I would start Jake Ferguson over him Sam Laporta yeah I definitely would like Hunter Henry I would Gerald Everett I would There's, it's mad I, um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and victory lap it but I was hammered for going on the wildcard dynasty show and saying that Kyle Pitts was average and everyone was like oh my god I can't believe what you've just said I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna victory lap it but victory lap it Paul call them out see no, see no, if they're no, actually listening no, 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 <laughs> no, well I think no. the challenge with that Paul is that I don't think necessarily he's average in terms of talent it's just that he's not being utilized yeah yeah, yeah. In, in so I'm, I'm not gonna victory lap it but you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, call me crazy. yeah, a lot of people yeah. called me crazy because I was there like, 
like they were going, oh, he's he's a tight end dynasty one, and I was going, I'll still take Kelsey over him all day every day. And people were like, oh my god, you're off your head. Why would you take Kelsey over him? And here we are, three years later, and people would now still take Kelsey over Kyle Pitts straight away. So yeah, for sure. Um, I'll I'll go a bit quickly on my scare of the week, uh, and this one again feels like a bit of a layup. Um, Justin Fields is obviously having a really rough year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not even starting in the next few weeks. We did think with him that the rushing baseline meant that, you know, he's always going to perform okay, and that was the case in week one. Uh, week two, he only ran for like six yards. Uh, week three, um, he had a really tough one against the Chiefs. Uh, it just seems like he doesn't remember how to play football, can't process, um, and wants to escape the pocket by running straight into Chris Jones. Um, they're playing the Broncos defense last week. Now, I was going to say about the merits of the Broncos defense. They did just get torched for 70 points um, and about 800 yards. So I'm not sure I want to talk about how good they are. But, um, you know, Pat Satan uh, up against DJ Moore, I, I don't think I'd want to start Justin Fields. Um, I think you, I think you, similar to Carl Pitts, like we're saying, and with Garrett Wilson, like, I think you might have to. But that's kind of the point of this segment is we're looking at players who maybe you drafted really high but you're thinking whether or not you might actually want to start them um you know if you can get someone like a jared goff off waivers or or even down to a jordan love who's doing really well um i think you might have to consider starting them over justin fields this week um are you you worried sorry a quick question are you worried about the fact that the dolphins scored most of their points as the the russian running backs are you worried that justin fields may be Rushes. Obviously, the O line's completely different, and the O line yeah. did a lot of the work for the Dolphins. But are you are you worried that maybe is because because Justin Fields could throw fifty yards, but run for one hundred and fifty and a touchdown and be yeah. fantasy relevant? You know. So I think to me, probably not because I think uh, he absolutely can. Like he has, you know, game changing, uh, game breaking ability. I think to me, the thing which really dominated for the Dolphins was the scheme more than anything, was that rushing scheme. And I just think Luke Getze and the um, the Chicago Bears don't seem like they even know what they want to do on offense. The two, you know, Getze and, and Fields have been calling each other out. You know, I've had too much in my ear and, okay, well, maybe you need to process a bit better. I just don't think they know what they want to do. So I think it's the sort of matchup where, yeah, the potential is there with the Broncos defense, maybe. But I wouldn't feel too confident against because uh, Vic Fangio, the DC of the Broncos as well. Like, I, I think they'll have Justin Fields' number. Yeah. The thing that I don't understand, sorry, just quick, I know we need to move on. But on. last <laughs> season, at the end of last season, obviously, he was doing a lot of these design brushes, you know, and they seem to kind of figured it out a little bit, like how to play him best. And then they seem to have just totally imploded this season I just don't quite understand yeah. it like I know they don't want him to get hurt as much and obviously he was getting a lot of you know impact from rushing and tackles and blah 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 but this isn't working why aren't you doing what you did at the end of last season that seemed to I know yes you didn't win games but it was promising like here this is just a disaster I just don't yeah. understand what I'm doing in, in week two he had four rushing attempts it was for three yards and he, he did get a touchdown from a sneak but like you have a quarterback like that where it's not working through the air and he has the incredible ability with his legs. Let him run the ball, man. Like, come mm. on. I don't understand. No idea what they're doing. I think this is going to just totally implode. But, but like, like I said, uh, you know, I don't know whether they want Caleb Williams or whether they're tanking or what, but these 
head coaches didn't draft Justin Fields. And yeah. I don't know if maybe they go in, do you know what? If we have a bad season this season, we've got the Panthers' first-round pick. They've got their own first-round pick. They could have two two really solid first-round picks there and they could, you know, basically tear it down and go, this is not the team we want. I, I don't, you, you know, you never know what, what these people are, are thinking. Like, you know, I'm looking at Justin Fields' stats here. He's rushed the ball 24 times over three games so far this season. Um, at the end of last season, he did, what, 32. And like every game was a minimum of seven, if not into double figures. And he just they just don't seem to be doing that this year. It just, yeah. It's confusing. Really confusing, isn't it? it it's mad to think back to that draft class of, you know, five first-round quarterbacks. And at this point, it seems like the second best is Mac Jones. <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson's not it. Trey Lance isn't it. Justin Fields might not be it. Trevor Lawrence is. Um, Mac Jones might be the second best of that of that class. Yeah. He, he was. Well, there was rumours about him going um, third, wasn't there? Yeah, I think he probably should have. Yeah, it's, no, I think they made it's like it's like Pat Mahomes was taken after Mitch Trubisky, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And then and then he um, plays the beers and then counts to ten, and they didn't take him you know <laughs> <laughs> uh that uh we'll move on to our final segment of the week uh which is our wild card of the week where we give a hot take that we think could happen uh last week uh hannah you said the bengals would lose to the rams which uh hasn't happened yet but obviously will happen yeah, yeah. um paul you said to start all charge all players in the Chargers vikings game uh, which obviously was true they absolutely smashed um, but then also that it would finish uh, with uh, over 60 points and it was just under at 54. Um, so, you know, we'll give you half a point for that one. Um, Hannah, kick us off with uh, a wild card that you think could happen this week. Okay, so in the, in the spirit of the first set of London games this weekend, um, obviously the Jags and the Atlanta Falcons will be playing at Wembley. So my wild card kind of a hot take for this week is that Travis Etienne will have more receiving yards than Drake London. I love it. I I can absolutely see it. Yeah, I mean, it happened this week. Obviously, it's different games. But uh, so I just, again, this is going back to our Falcons. It's more a kind of damning on the Falcons than any kind of, you know, thing on the, on the Jags, really. Um, I just think... Yeah, they're not using their uh, players properly. So I just don't think Drake London is, is going to do do much. London failing it. in London. That's right. He'll, he'll go for like three touchdowns now and 250 yards because that seems to happen to me every time I make a prediction. So it's probably going to be wrong, but it if could happen. If that's right, then at least your prediction will not come true of the Bengals losing to the Rams. So at least you're sort of jinxing yourself in a way that makes your team win um you could see london burning <laughs> you just been sat there trying to think of another pun yeah <laughs> <laughs> could see it there's, in your too face. Many, there's too many london puns out there and i was like ah. um <laughs> so mine so mine i've gone for uh the panthers misery to continue a um, bit like the Bengals, um, I can see them going to 0-4 and, 
and having a really bad start, even though they traded up to go and get the number one pick in this year's draft and they've, they've given up a lot for it. And I just think that something's not clicking at the Panthers there. I, I don't know what it is, but something hasn't gone right. I don't think they've got the best offensive weapons. I don't think they've got the best running back room. And I think they've invested a lot in Bryce Young and they've not really done much to help him. At least, at least like the Texans have gone for CJ Stroud and then they've put some half decent players around him. Whereas I don't think, um, I don't think they have um, at the Panthers. And let's be honest, Bryce Young didn't play this week. Andy Dalton did mm -hmm. and Adam Thielen went for over a hundred yards. So it's, you know, Bryce Young can't do that, and Andy Dalton's just stepped in and gone. Hey, you can you can have some, you can have some, and it was just, and they still couldn't get the win. So, I think they have a tough yeah. time. I can really see it. I think the Panthers' offense is one that really worries me at the moment. That offensive line looked quite good last year and seems to have really regressed. But the only piece I think I can start with any confidence is Miles Sanders, just because they almost have to lean on him because the passing game isn't really working. Yeah, and this and that takes me back to what I was saying earlier about the low scoring offenses and stuff like that. And the only piece you really want is the running back. Yeah. You know, because they're going to lean on that running back a lot. And and so I, I completely agree. I think uh, yeah. Miles Sanders is the only player I really want from that Panthers team. One thing I'd be really interested to look at, and maybe I'll, I'll do some research ahead of next week, is um when you when we look at those bad offenses about pace of play and about looking at actually the, the offenses that play slower whether those are the ones that are that that correlates to being the worst offense as well. Um, on the flip side, uh, looking at a very very good offense, and again, this doesn't feel like a huge amount of a wild card, but I've been quite specific that I think the Dolphins will defeat the Buffalo Bills by more than two touchdowns. Um, the Dolphins obviously have been the best offense in the NFL so far. You know, nearly broke the record this this past week. Uh, I can see the Bills not being able to keep pace with them. Um, I've not been huge. I mean, they just dominated the Commanders, but who wouldn't? Um, not been huge impressed by Josh Allen. I thought he he, he struggled a bit more. Um, and I could see uh, the Cardinals wouldn't beat the Commanders. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, and you know, I could just see the Bills not being able to keep pace. And I think. Josh Allen is obviously incredibly talented, but a lot of the time he tends to struggle is when he switches off his brain uh, and he tries to play hero ball. And I think the Dolphins obviously, uh, I saw something they've, they've, it's sick. They've uh, thrown 60 plays of more than 15 yards, which is like nearly double the next highest, which is the chiefs. Like the Dolphins can score so quickly and I can just see the bills not being able to keep up and then throwing a few interceptions uh, in the meantime. Uh, so I think they could beat them by more than two touchdowns uh, next week. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. And that's only because uh, I I like your take. Uh, I do think the Dolphins may get the W, but I disagree with what you said about Josh Allen and the Bills being able to uh, not being able to keep up because we've seen the Bills many of times go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs when they've been at their best and the Bills have been right there with them. And it's basically who gets the ball last. So I, I I can see a path where the Bills, I don't think the, the Bills will beat them, but I can see a path where the Bills can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Dolphins. I think they can. I, I don't think this Bills offence looks like that Bills offence of uh, of a couple of years ago in the in the AFC Championship. Um, 
but we will we will see we'll see which of us is right uh, and that brings us to the end of our show for this week. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on X at Wildcard Rewind. Head on over to our YouTube channel, search for the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network. Make sure you give us uh, a like and a subscribe there. Uh, and we will look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>